Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this very special live. My name is Lisa Snyder, and I'm so glad that each and every one of you are here today. Please feel free to say hello in the chat box. It's such a great way for us to connect and just feel the beautiful energy together and today. And today, of course, is the equinox, the spring equinox, which according to my shaman is the official first day of the year. We have our calendar year that starts in January, but for the earth, it is their belief, the Mayan Yucatans, the Yucatan Mayans say that the first beginning of the year is actually with the spring equinox. So let's bring in these new energies. Let's enjoy the beautiful newness and think about what it is you would like to bring in today. So welcome to Raise Your Vibe and Heal. My name is Lisa Snyder, and I'm an intuitive here to help you live your best life. On this channel and podcast, we hold channeled spiritual messages, mini healing sessions, and welcome monthly guests to share their wisdom. To stay updated on the latest events, please subscribe to my event newsletter on my website, lisahsnyder.com, which is linked in the description field of this broadcast. Tonight, we have a very special guest, Jake Cooper, who experienced an NDE at the age of three and has written two books as a result of his spiritual experiences. Passionate about promoting healing, Jacob L. Cooper, best-selling author of Life After Breath and the Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder, is a sought-after speaker on grief, wisdom, and consciousness, offering meditation and mindfulness seminars to help others find purpose and overcome fears of life after death. As a clinical social worker, Reiki master, and certified hypnotherapist specializing in past life regression, Jacob uses his extensive personal and professional experience to empower one soul at a time. He is presented at the Edgar Casey Association for Research and Enlightenment, the International Association of Near-Death Studies, the Forever Family Foundation, Helping Parents Heal, Spiritual Centers, International Universities and Public Libraries, and other media platforms. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can find Jake on all social media and his website, jacoblcooper.com, which is linked in the description field. Please help me welcome Jacob Cooper to our live. Hello, Hi, hello, hello. Here we are. <laughs> it just seems like a minute ago that we did this and it just, where is time? It I don't know. There is no time. And yeah. Jake was a, Jake, yes, you were our guest last year and you were mentioning that you were in the process of writing your second book. And I'd like to show those books, but before we do that, I would just like to share with everyone who has joined us here tonight that we met because of this book by Camille Dan, Gathering at the Doorway. Camille Dan curated this book and gathered all these amazing stories. And Jake was was gracious enough to share an endorsement for this book. So thank you, Jake. And thank you, Camille, because of this book. I've met wonderful people such as yourself. So thank you. That's what it's all about. It's all about connecting. Um, you know, these books, part of us has fear, you know, with who's not going to like it, who's going to think something of it. Mm -hmm. But that's not what authors tap into. We focus on all the doors, no pun intended. And there was a gathering with all these doors out opened with Camille's book and, and mine and so many others. It's all about connecting. hundred mm, percent. And I do want to show for those of you that are here tonight, this is the first book that Jake wrote, Life mm. After Breath, phenomenal book, a bestseller. It's, on, it's available on Amazon. <clears throat> and then the latest book, the Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder is what we are going to be sharing yeah. and talking about this evening. So those are his books. And uh, Jake, I'd like to get started with 
Can you tell us a little bit about your near-death experience that you had at the age of three? For those of us who don't know your background or don't remember your background, if you could just share that a little bit, please. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, th September of 1993, I had pertussis, you know, otherwise known as whooping cough, and I went to a playground and I climbed up on a ladder onto a slide and I just suffocated and I lost all of my human breath and you know, I just kind of surrendered to this other breath within myself that I view now today as the breath of eternity, our essence, who we are. And you know, from losing all that I was able to hold on to from a human side, I was able to gain recollection of all that was always inside of me and my spiritual side. And I just had, you know, a reunification with, you know, my loved ones, my angels, spiritual guides, you know, awareness of previous lifetimes, what are we doing in this lifetime, uh, and so much more. And it was just a profound experience that will never leave my soul and uh, something that made quite a complex childhood given that I was only three years old, uh, but also it was a gift too that it really changed how I look at life and the nature of reality and something that was always inside of me that wasn't meant to be forgotten. Now you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned angels. Uh, what was your experience with, with the angelic realm? It's funny you use the term realm because there, there's different kinds. You know, angels are, I, they're under an umbrella. You know, for me, the, the angels, the two real angel groups that I connected to were my guardian angels, my spirit guides. Um, and they were accompanying me during my NDE to the right side and left side of me. So I was able to see, you know, them right next to me. Um, and the end, other angels that I saw, you know, was were floating right above, right, um, right above my body, which was on the ground, you know, and they were there at the playground. And these angels were very youthful in their presentation. They weren't older, you know, or anything like that. They're very young, but they're very uniformal. Like they were just pretty much all kind of the same, whereas the spirit guides had different personalities you know, in, in different parts of themselves. Whereas the angels that I saw, it were just kind of like minions of God, if you will. They were all just kind of very uniform on the presentation. So um, what I would say to that is, I think we all have an assigned, you know, primary spirit guide before we get into this body that, you know, we're contracted with, you know, in the pre-life phase, you know, in the pre-planning phase, you know, and these are guides that we're contracted with that are there with us from the day, before the day we were born, you know, after we will go and throughout life, we pick up, you know, on different guides, you know, but these are the primary guides that we are contracted as much as maybe we feel that we should be fired or we want to fire them. There's no breach of that contract. That's non-negotiable. Uh, but <laughs> okay. but the, the, the angels are more, you know, really connected to the macro of, of the situation. Not so much myself. They were connected to myself, but the more focused on the overlaying energy, you know, of this life on earth were you scared when you when you had the experience do you remember well i'm sure you do remember were you scared in the moment I, I was terrified you know because i suffocated and i don't know if anyone's ever suffocated but that's the most traumatic you know scariest experience and i do believe that's why i'm here able to tell the story you know there's a, a lot of stigma um and misunderstanding of trauma that it's all just one bad thing but you know, trauma could be a great gift. It could allow us to remember something profound. And I think behind the pain of trauma could lie our purpose. 
And I think that's really why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, so I was able to look at the scariest thing that we know at in, in, in life and survive it and move through it. Uh, so in the moment, yes, but looking back on it, it's just one small bit of suffering that has a time frame. It comes and goes, but my the other side is eternal. Love is eternal. Who we are is eternal. So pain has its uh, temporary side. Uh, but I think there was an adjustment phase, you know, from being in my human body to crossing over. It wasn't just I was already there and that was it. You know, there were still two parts of myself, you know, and I think two things could be true at the same time. You could have what was existing was my relationship to my three-year-old self and my experience of myself through that lifetime. But then the awareness that I was experiencing that, but I wasn't the full totality of that. And that was really connecting to my soul. So once I was able to let go of my three-year-old self and stuff like that, and that life was when I was able to transcend, you know, things and, and go into incredible euphoric highs, uh, which was the polar opposite experience that I had in suffocating. I like that you mentioned the fact that you're able to let go of your three-year-old self, because I feel like sometimes that as adults, we feel or we may minimize the experience of a younger person mm -hmm. and what they're experiencing, what their awareness is, and the fact that, and, and it also gives comfort for those of us who have children on the other side, who have right. transitioned at such a young age, and you wonder, are they okay? Are they safe? Did they, are they, you know, are they protected? And we think that they are, we know that they are, whatever our belief system is, but the fact that you have the experience at the age of three and have this awareness and saw the love and and you experienced the fear but yet at the same time you were able to make that transition and have a greater awareness even at the young age of three we're ageless we're timeless and our soul is it, it, it is just it, i love that um what did you feel like your greatest the greatest thing, and then you touched on this already, but is there anything else that you'd like to share as far as what the greatest thing is you learned as a result of your near-death experience without, I mean, obviously you did write about this in right. the book, but is there something you would like to share about what about that? So many, and I, and I know Life After Breath is really much about the story of my NDE, but beyond that, you know, what life was like living with this NDE, NDE at such a young age. Um, but The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder, my second book, is really focused on when you think of the ladder you think of the different rungs and you know being that my name is jacob it's very synchronistic that i had my experience growing going onto a ladder on a slide and you think of jacob from the bible and he fled his brother esau and he had the dream of the angels going up and down the ladder when he was fleeing for his life so there's an immense amount of um synchronicities and meaning, you know, with the name that I had as it relates to biblical Jacob. Um, but for one thing, as you said, yes, we don't die. You know, the body will go eventually. The body has a time frame. We are, but we are eternal. And the number one thing that people fear is death. I've been there, done that. We all have throughout many different lifetimes. We just forget it. Uh, so I can understand how people fear death if you're viewing it as identification with your own body. You know, if you feel that you're your body, then where are you after your body? But if you view yourself as a soul within a body, you'll understand that, you know, this is just a temporary uh, suit that we wear. But when the body goes, we will just go on. Um, the third thing is there is a you beyond the you. You know, how we see yourself in, the, in this nature of reality here on Earth, 
is a very small perspective of, you know, the reality itself, the greater reality itself, you know, how we see ourselves in our thirties, forties, fifties, you know, we're experiencing all those things as a male, as a female in different cultures and all these are lessons for our souls, but they're not the full totality of who we are. So I know you mentioned parents, you know, with, with children and it's complicated because, you know, we, associate one part of that person with that age and that dynamic that we have and but i think it's kind of like what shakespeare would speak about with the theater of life in a way where we just take on these different roles and characteristics and different forms uh but those are things that we experience and they're a forever part of our life but beyond that we're these eternal beings too and we have infinite roles that we've played beyond just this stage of life uh so i think if we're able to do that we take a we remove possessiveness, you know, of, of people and understand that we don't own anyone. We're all connected mm -hmm. to anyone, but we all belong to the spirit realm. And we're here just on this mission of life in this, in these bodies. And from a human mind, some things don't make sense as to why things happen the way that they happen, but there's a greater intelligence. And I found that in my NDE that goes far beyond our human understanding, you know, that we're contracted in this life and our, lives here are purposeful and when it's meant to be in a way we have different exits points but you know we don't uh we're, we're we're not bound to this you know world we're all just kind of tourists here and visiting you know here in this earth plane 100 percent. you also talk about in the in jacob's ladder the wisdom of jacob's ladder you were talking about you touched on past lives how important is it for us to understand past lives and how it relates to this lifetime the, those could be very pivotal um, because I, I, I think um, what I learned of life, you know, in this life is how much we, I think in a way we know what we know and then we push away what we don't know. And so many of us have a very limited perspective based off of this reality, but there's a whole other higher mind and database of uh, experiences to draw upon that we're not aware of. And that really is referred to the subconscious mind. Uh, but if you firmly believe that we've had other lifetimes just beyond this one, then there's other memories and experiences that would filter into the subconscious mind um, into our lives. And so sometimes, you know, without knowing, we have some tendencies that we have or some outlooks that we may have or some, um, you know, fears or phobias or just unexplained. So, you know, being able to understand the point of entry as to point of origin as to why things are the way they are will help people to move the needle eventually. And um, I don't think past lives are just stick really just pathologize or stigma to it. You know, there's a lot of strengths and beauty and gifts that we could carry mm -hmm. over um, from past lives. So I think it allows us to understand ourselves from a greater context. Um, and we could apply some of that and integrate that in this life. Uh, but, the most important one to do is the one that we're living. Uh, but I think if we're not aware of that, we're not really going to be living this life. We're going to just be regurgitating mm -hmm. things from the past in a way, unconsciously. You know, so some, you know, throughout regressions or throughout awareness, we could allow ourselves to be more present and to really remove a lot of uh, thought processing or just things that we carry over that are not needed or helpful in this lifetime. 
Well, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just getting over a little bit of a virus, so I apologize oh, for man. the throat clearing here. Okay. Uh, you know, and uh, the other thing that I was thinking about too with the past lives, and you touch about this on your in your book about relationships of family members. And I know from my personal experience that some of my greatest lessons are coming from family members, mm. people that are closest to us. Sure. And uh, there's definitely, I feel there's a link I feel that some of the people that are in my life now are people that I have known in previous lifetimes. Mm. What do you think about um, some of the spiritual lessons uh, through relationships and in family dynamics that we could be learning in this lifetime? I think a lot of our roles are balance acts. Um, the key is, like you said, to kind of know some of our tendencies. You know, so for instance, you know, as a therapist, there's very uh, there's such a thing as oppositional defiant disorder, which, you know, happens a lot in kids. It's very comorbid with ADHD or autism, stuff like that. But sometimes the defiance is just with one particular family member. It's not consistent across the board and it doesn't meet the criteria for, you know, an ODD. Okay. And then within that dynamic, the parent really didn't do anything out of the norm. All the kids are kind of the same, but this kid from day one has just had this defiance or just this thing against this parent. And I think a lot of times, you know, the kid might feel in a way that they have memories of themselves, maybe being a parent, you know, and the parent is the now the parent. And for them, it's very hard to accept now being told what to do because they're like, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm, I'm in charge, <laughs> you know? So that that's like one example. But, but knowing that eventually in life will allow us to have radical acceptance towards our current situation, our current life, and let go of you know that and really allow us to step more into the now and accept that this is you know the role and you know we're just here to play our roles in many ways uh but yeah i mean every great parent would tell you that the kids are the greatest teachers too you know they learn a lot <laughs> you know the greatest sources of some pain but also the greatest sources of love and and growth and expansion um but i think it's difficult for some parents because they as difficult as it is for the child, it's difficult for the parent too, because they're like, why isn't this kid ever listening to me? Why do they have such a opposition against just me? Like, what is this tension? And there's nothing in this lifetime to explain that. And there's nothing going on on a, on a deeper baseline level. You may want to explore what's, what's the origin, you know? Okay. So hold on a second. I lost my, I lost my mic. So I'm just going to, Sure. something here really quick. My apologies. You're coming in loud and there clear still. Thank you. Yeah, I know you can hear me. <laughs> I, I, I could hear you. Unplug yeah. my mic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. There's always that, that wasn't a mic drop, Lisa, was it? No. <laughs> was I'm getting cocky here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, the, the part that I did hear, by the way, because as soon as I lost my mic, I lost my audio. I didn't hear what you were speaking. So I was so glad you were still talking and I'm all that noise. Uh, I, my own kids did the same thing when they were younger. It was, I remember telling my son when he was really little, I said, I am the mom and you are right, my son. Right, right, right. Yeah. We have to get along here on this. It was funny. If anybody has any questions during the course of this broadcast, please feel free to put those in the chat box. Yes. And this is not our normal lifetime that we're streaming. Um, but if you are interested in asking any questions, we will be happy. Laura will be streaming those and what, and we'll be watching for those. Okay. <laughs> I would like to talk about, you mentioned suicide in your book, and I would like you to cover a little bit about what your thoughts are 
on that topic with, um, well, it's a big topic, but what, what would you like to share about mm. suicide? Um, you know, many things. I think right now, you know, the topic is, is, is changing, you know, because, you know, it's no longer something that someone just suffers with and people can't relate to. I think at this point, you know, unfortunately, it, you know, it's a topic that so many of us within ourselves, with people that we may know, you know, we we could under we could understand it, or, or it has impacted us much like you know substance abuse has, um, you know. And I think really, um, well, the first have to start with the terminology of it. Where we look at our world, we said, you know, so and so committed, you know, suicide, and you know, when someone dies of a heart attack, you don't say so-and-so committed a heart attack or so-and-so committed cancer, mm-hmm. you know, but with, with suicide, there's, there's like the stigma of a crime, you know, that was committed. And uh, in a way we may feel violated, we may feel betrayed or, you know, and that's just our human processing, but from the psychological and spiritual perspective and as a therapist, you know, we just don't know what that individual is going through. There's a lot of judgment you know, towards the end of what they've done, but there's not enough understanding of the amount of strength that they took day in and day out to just live their lives and you know, do do what they do. And so I, I think we have to look at suicide in a reframed way where, you know, it is a decision. Um, we just don't know the extent of suffering and pain that the person has gone through, but we have to look at the strength that, that they had where it's not that they didn't want to live, it's that they couldn't tolerate the pain any longer much like someone can, you know, much like someone succumbs to, you know, cancer or heart attack, you know, it's something they just couldn't tolerate or couldn't handle um, at their own level. Um, So, I mean, but, but, but I think for people wondering, you know, is there, you know, judgment of that or or do they go to hell or, you know, stuff like that, you know, I, I always say that God is not the abusive parent that you may have unresolved issues with or the, you know, the authority figure figure of a policeman or, you know, a judge, you know, just handling the roles, you know, in a very abusive way, you know, God is an energy that goes beyond unlimited, unconditional love and understanding, Um, you know, from an NDE perspective and from firsthand experience. um, And even in past lives that I saw, I went down this road too, and I'm living proof that, you know, life will go on and you will grow, you expand, you will most importantly heal from whatever it is that you've experienced. You know, I always say, what kind of God will kick you when you're down? And, you know, those who experienced, you know, suicide for whatever it was and many people, but first of all, it's not one and the same. You know, there's, you know, there's people who have, you know, death by suicide might've been going through something physically that they just couldn't handle. I mean, I know I lost a grandmother to that. She was, you know, railed by like a truck or something like that. And she just wasn't the same and she just couldn't function. And so it's not always just depression. It could be something physically induced too. Uh, So there's so many different forms of it. And we have one term that's really misunderstood and pathologized, but in the spirit realm, you know, it's not at all. And, you know, I think people who go down that choice they want us to remember the lives that they lived and what they stood for and, and the beauty that they had and how they impacted us. Not so much how they went out of this world because we all go out of this world one day and we have different ways of doing it, but no one's come out here alive just yet, you know, fully. 
you know, so there's a one way ticket, one way ticket back home. So, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And it's an opportunity for those of us that are still here to have kindness, love and compassion, not only for those who have made that decision. And we are not walking in that person's shoes. We don't have the full extent. We don't know what the whole story is. And for those that are left grieving the loss of their their loved one, um, I, I have spoken, I know of, um, I have a friend I'm thinking of right now, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know that uh, after after a loved one had completed suicide, that she felt very alone and she felt that the community around her um, was judging not Mm -hmm. only her um, loved one, but also her family and her in it. And it's, uh, it was a very, very difficult time in her life. And I'm sure it it's still, I mean, the, the loss of any loved one has an impact on our lives and how we're able to look at it on our perspective. Mm. And, and truly, um, it doesn't even matter. I feel like it doesn't matter what the grief is. It could even be the loss of a relationship, the ending of a relationship. It could be mm. the ending of a friendship. It could be the right. ending of a marriage or that. And, uh, for those of us that are, with those people, when we can just extend love, kindness, and compassion, I really feel that that's what it's all about. Really being able to help be a support network. Um, Absolutely. You know, and my condolences for, for your mm-hmm. friend. Thank you. But you bring up a, a terrific point where, you know, statistically they, they've shown that, you know, death by suicide in terms of community, you know, family-related support goes down about 40 to 50%, you know, amongst loved ones. And it makes no sense, but there's still such a shame, a stigma, um, a judgment towards it. Um, you know, could get heated amongst family members, pointing fingers at one another. Just, you know, and it's not about them. You know, the person would do what they, you know, would do. You know, it's 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 their choice. You know, we do everything we can to put them in the best positions, uh, but but to have judgment against that person or our loved ones. You know, look, all they need is all all people who are grieving really want to do is just to be heard and to be supported. They don't want to be lectured. They don't want to be gaslit. They don't want to have all these statements that are the last thing that you need in grief. You know, you come, you know, from a good place, you know, which is one of them, like he or she's in a better place, stuff like that. You know, they want to just be heard and they want to have a, a place of understanding. And when you think of the term understanding, it's not overstanding, it's understanding. You take yourself and you look up at that person and what they're going through. It's not looking down at them through your own judgment or, you know, stuff like that. Cause you're not in that person's shoes. You just wouldn't know. And really they just want to be heard. They want to be heard. They want to be held. And that's it. That's true of anybody going through the grieving process. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter what the grief is. It, it It's true of anybody. I mean, truly. Um, wanting no, to be seen, sure. wanting to be heard, wanting to be supported and wanting to be loved. And I feel that that is part of our responsibility uh, to one another, that we are of service to one another and that we are here to, again, bring love, kindness and compassion because there's plenty of there's plenty of judgment, negativity, um, lack of support that's already in this world. And uh, it's um, the more love that we can bring and compassion, it's just going to help everybody overall is is a how i how i feel i mean it's, i i know it sounds very trite in some ways no, but really 
I mean, don't you think that that's, and that's really what it's all about. And I'm, I'm speaking from that from, you know, I'm going to digress a little bit, but even I'll just say my own experience of having ending a uh, relationship, it was very surprising how um, a lot of people in my life disappeared. And I truly realized who was there for me. And I can only imagine people going through grieving with their, you know, children or family members that have completed suicide or, um, you know, if they've made a mistake in their life and they're feeling lost. It's, mm. it's really, I just feel very passionate about how important it is for us to bring love to the light and life, love to the circle, mm. because there's plenty of there's plenty of opportunities for us to have judgment and criticism. And I feel like if we're able to just spread the love, I mean, it's going to come right back and complete that circle. So, But that's why NDEs are so important, you know, because how we view afterlife in God really has a pivotal influence in how we view this life. Um, you know, if we view God as a judgmental, being or someone who condemns others and we inherit that too you know it trickles down from the top and so if we have a reframed view of god as all loving you know with compassion with understanding you know and that's what's at the apex of our belief system that's going to inform how we view our others in our in our reality um, yes you know it's a pivotal dynamic so but some people you know and how we live our life often will determine how we view God and how we view God will oftentimes inform how we live our lives. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, is there anything else that you would like to share about your book that you would like people to be aware of? Or what message would you like to share with those of us that are here today that um, you would like to share that we haven't discussed yet? So many. I think it's hard for one segment. We hit on a lot of points. Um, I think the one point that, that I'd like to um, discuss is also the two parts that we have. You know, the, the fact that we have this human side, this human experience, this human part, we have this spiritual part of ourselves. I, I feel so many, you know, people on different levels of the community fail to acknowledge both, you know, and they sometimes they're too much into the spiritual where they just have disgust and disdain or bypass their human feelings or if they have too much of the human, they want to push away their spiritual stuff. And so I think it's important to fully express um, and experience who we are in this life, which is both a spiritual being having this human experience. And so, like I would say, two things could be true at the same time, and two things are true at the same time. Um, we're not this human being forever, but in this moment, in this life, we, we are. And to allow ourselves to be very human and to be imperfect and to have emotions. Those are all things that we're here to experience. While at the same time, using our spiritual sides to have that deepened awareness when we're ready for it, you know, and, and allowing that inner compass to really navigate some of those difficult seas when they come our way or, you know, to enjoy life at a deeper gear, you know. So um, there's one planet that we're living on. We have one body. And this body and this planet could feel totally different if we're able to really tap into some of those deeper gears of who we are. And so I think every year and every lifetime, there's just a deeper depth to ourselves in our life that we could experience. So don't be afraid to explore. Don't be afraid to expand. Yeah, in fact, that's how we know what the world is today. You know, if there's once a time when the world was viewed as flat and through 
<laughs> daring, and they're still flat earthers, but through daring explore exploration, we're able to expand on what we don't know to make that what we do know. Um, you know, and yes. that ex that expands our, our window of reality. I agree with that. You know, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have, we have an opportunity to have balance in our life and we can always tell we're out of balance if we're um, just basically about how we're feeling. And, you know, we have these, sometimes we have these high highs and we have these really low lows. Right. And when we can get into that, that place of balance where we're not mm -hmm. getting so thrown out of kilter either way, it makes it right. easier to navigate this life. And again, as you mentioned, we have this one life and we can come back, but, but we, I don't know about you, Jake, but when I go to the other side, which is really right here, I mean, it's everywhere, but when it's my time to fi finish this life known as Lisa Snyder, I want to look back and think I did everything I possibly could to do the most that I could with the life that I had and really <clears throat> learn the lessons, uh, be of service and, and truly just be part of the solution. Right. And so, um, living in a state of balance, really balancing our lives and being again, sharing love and being kind and compassionate with one another, I think is, is really, really important. Do you have any upcoming events or anything that we can, uh, we can <laughs> I, I just, I just want I just want to say one thing, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong and I could be totally off, but are you a Virgo? Yes, I'm a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> Why I say that is Virgo is very much about service, about duty. And when you were talking, <laughs> it almost sounded like the late, great Kobe Bryant, how he would speak about leaving nothing in the tank, right? <laughs> you know, Virgos get a bad rap. All astrological signs get a bad rap because they're very misunderstood. And a lot of people just don't understand what they're about, you know, but the sign of Virgo is very much about service, very yes. much about understanding the value of, of work and taking this life seriously and understanding the value of leaving nothing left and doing it the right way, doing it thoroughly. You do it right or don't do it at all, you know? <laughs> so. Well, thank you, Jake. That just confirms <laughs> I'm on track then. <laughs> you are. Virgo Virgo in service. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Virgo can also be a little annoying because we can get stuck in our... <laughs> but that's an opportunity right. to grow and expand right. and uh, try some different things. So... Okay. Yes. Thank you. What are, what's your sign? What are you? I, I'm a Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a, uh, I'm a April 20, I'm, I'm a April 24th Taurus. So a lot of Aries, like I have an Aries moon, Aries rising. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I, I think my Taurus side makes sense because Taurus is opposite Scorpio and Scorpio is about death and rebirth and Taurus you know, your opposites, you're able to have a little bit of that in you. And Taurus really is about grounding all this stuff. And you look at, you know, some of the great teachers of spirituality, like my birthday twin, Shirley MacLaine, or Dr. Wayne Dyer, they're able to ground all this lofty stuff in a very, you know, practical way, and people can relate to it. And so that's what I try to do is bring all this, you know, very lofty stuff to a very grounded way. Yeah. Well, as you're saying that, Jake, as you know, I have a psychic sense of smell. And as you're talking about those different teachers, the smoke was coming in. And I'm also want to acknowledge that my my moderator, my daughter Laura, is is whooping it up because she just said she's a Taurus too. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she helps me get, she say helps me stay grounded when we do these uh, do right. these sessions. That's what and we I'm do. I'm barely a Virgo. I'm I'm on the 26th of August, so I'm kind of I'm kind Ooh. of uh, kind of a new one in there, but. Um, 
That is cool. Love that. Okay. Any other, any upcoming events where we can see you in person? Because I yes. know you do a lot of guest speaking and your right. book is, by the way, everybody, I just want to show this book again. This is Jake's latest book. It just came out. The Wisdom of mm -hmm. Jacob's Ladder. Highly, highly recommend you check it out. It is available on Amazon description uh, to the link to this is in the, is in the video, um, but you can find that on Amazon. The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. Highly, highly recommend it. And Jacob, I just, I just finished your book last week. And I will be writing a review. It, it is wonderful. I and I <laughs> don't you. say that. I don't say that just to small the blow smoke. No, no, but no. I do. It truly. There's so many things that we could talk about and cover in this spiritually. Mm. Um, we're just. It is just so in line with a lot of a lot of the belief systems that I have learned about or think about, and the way you bring it together. It's relatable. And it's really an easy read. So I highly recommend the book, everybody. So that's what Tauruses are about. We bring it, <laughs> we bring it practical down to earth. You know, that's what sticks. Uh, and we, 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 we keep your it real. Taurus. We, You're tooting we, your Taurus horn we now. Keep, we keep it real. I'm, I'm, I'm abusing, I'm abusing my, uh, my, you know, the, the horn, right? <clears throat> but um, no, no, no. Um, I'm going to be actually in Lilydale on August 8th. Um, Sun and Leo, August 8th. Uh, it's going to be in the morning when I'm going to be there and I'm going to be giving like a big talk, you know, um, you know, the, the times are going to be announced, you know, through the, if you go on the Lilydale assembly, they should have, you know, some of the talks there, uh, you know, posted, you know, soon, but definitely as I get word of the time that I'm going to be there, I will give a post, um, definitely a big honor to be in Lilydale, yes. uh, very much looking forward to, to Lilydale. Um, it's like the world's biggest, you know, center of spiritualism and mediumship, and it's just an incredibly historic and progressive place that's been around for centuries. You know, Abraham Lincoln would go there, and you know, presidents, world leaders, and you know, before all the social issues were there, you know, Lilydale was on it. They were behind like the, you know, women's, you know, women's rights movements and progressive issues that we see today. So they're always very tuned into the social elements. Uh, that we all, you know, hopefully all ascribe to, you know, yes. yeah. That's on my bucket list of places to go to. That is a big honor for to be in, invited to Lilydale. So congratulations on that. Thank that you. Is, that's fantastic. And Raven, uh, Raven Adams was uh, giving you a big uh, uh, clap thank you. there. <laughs> Raven's also a Taurus. So I'm going to stop with the Taurus. So that's the last <laughs> thing. She's a friend of oh, mine. Yeah, she's, she's a wonderful, intuitive and brilliant soul. Yeah, I'm actually trying to expand being, being beyond the United States in terms of presentation. So I'm manifesting a couple, a different thing, maybe across the pond. So that's my next kind of thing. Oh, yeah. fantastic. So we have Monica here and yeah, I mean, maybe after we could have some Q and A with some of the participants. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody has any questions, feel free to write, <clears throat> please feel free to write a question in the comment field and we'll just keep an eye open for that. Um, Let's see if we have any. <clears throat> see if we have any yeah. comments. Any any comments, questions for Lisa or I? Anything regarding healing, you know, afterlife? Uh, you know, now now is your chance. You can always email us, but you want know, better in an interactive video, you know, format. But I know some people are tired, and you know, I, I get it. <laughs> it's a Monday uh, night. <laughs> can always, you can always leave comments once the video is there too. We'll do our best to to get back to them. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay, well, I will just, uh, looks like I'm not seeing any, any questions right now, but I have people are saying hello. 
<clears throat> Goodness. All right. Well, Jake, any final thoughts that you want to add to this before we close off our session? Yes. I mean, definitely final thoughts. And, and you know, some people might be late to tuning into this. You know, just be able to be open, you know, to near-death experiences because they can really teach you a lot. You know, it's it's and I have a lot of respect for evidential mediumship and what they're able to do. And most of my friends are are mediums. But when you have an end of year in front of you, you know, it's it's proof in a way that we just don't die. You know, it's one thing to get messages, but it's another thing to have someone right in front of you who's either crossed over or closely crossed over and has something to hold on to. Uh, and so we could really learn a lot from end of year. So you know, obviously I've written books, but there's tons of others out there and there's you know, it's, 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 it's blowing up a lot. You know, I just noticed over the years, it's just gotten like huge. I mean, Netflix, in fact, mm -hmm. had surviving death and they had a whole feature on near death experiencers in the first episode of surviving death. So, you know, it's, it's really getting a lot. It's nothing new though, you know, in, in the Bible, you know, it's, you've had end ears, um, you know, Plato, George Lucas, Elizabeth Taylor, you know, all these kind of pop historical figures have had them. Uh, you know, but but now it's really, you know, getting a lot more traction. I, many theories to this, but I, I just think we're ready as a society to be open to this stuff. And the more ready we are, the more that people feel comfortable sharing their stories. Um, you know, veterans, for instance, are a whole group, you know, that are worked with it, with near-death experiences. And many times they come from those kind of blue-collar families who maybe not ascribe to this, the more mm -hmm. kind of conservative and traditional and they're you know, belief system stuff like nothing wrong with that. But, you know, a lot of veterans are having, you know, these near death experiences. And now they're getting a lot more public due to a lot of organizational and group based support. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, if any one of you has had an NDE, knows as someone who's had an NDE, you know, feel free to reach out to me and I could refer you to appropriate resources because I think what's needed is for people to understand what they had. You know, because when I had mine, it was a very young age. I wasn't walking around saying, hey, I had a near-death experience, you yeah. know, a time coined by my friend Ray Mamoudi. Uh, it wasn't until I understood that there was a term of this that I was able to really understand f it for what it is, you know, in this human form, you know, and how to ground the experience. And there was universality behind it. So, you know, that that definitely helped me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I look at them as all one the same, whether that be losing a loved one, near-death experience, you know, mediumship stuff. I made a post like a couple of weeks ago how, and even, you know, people who are involved in near-death experience research and the man who coined himself, Dr. Moody, doesn't necessarily agree with the term death and near-death experience because when you really have an NDE, you recognize the illusion of death, how death is a human thing, but it's not, you know, it's not true. You know, we go beyond the term death. Just, death just means a completion or a complete stop. And there is no such thing from the broader spiritual point of view. Yes. Uh, but the, the term that I have for all these things are like eternal life experiences or ELEs, which whether we're meditating, we just connect to a time beyond this time or a place beyond this place, or we're doing mediumship readings and we connect to love when there's just these different points of evidence that are beyond this reality. So my hope is we could stop categorizing all these things one day and just recognize that all these bits of transformations are connecting to the same collective consciousness yes. that we're a part of. You know, I, I wanted your thoughts on that. 
Um, because you think about how is it that for those of us that, like you said, do mediumship or even energy healing, or we get information from those in spirit, or even the fact, how the heck, honestly, how the, and, and, and I'm sure it was something I was able to do in a past life. How the heck are these energies, these dialects able to come through my voice mm -hmm. uh, and these meditations or these things that I, I just the other day, I met somebody who um, it was, she mentioned to me that her brother had uh, transitioned and I can do mediumship. I have been trained in evidential mediumship. It's not my specialty, but in that moment, all of a sudden I kept hearing Mike, Mike, Mike. And I, mm. and, and it was her brother and he shared information with me that she had to think about for a moment. And there's no way I could possibly have known this information. Um, this was somebody that I had just met and she would start sharing her story and we started, it just evolved. So mm. how is it that we're able to bring forth this information? How are we able to channel these energies or these messages or uh, a lot of these books that are channeled, you know, how is that if there was nothing beyond where we are today? It's, right. uh, it's fascinating. And, and I don't know about you, Jake, but the more that I learn about this work, the more I realize I don't know. And the more that I'm able to step aside my ego, the more I'm able to work through my own garbage, my own humanness, and be in that state of balance and literally when I'm getting stuck in that place of the humanness, when I'm getting, you know, you know, we all do it. We get caught up in our, um, you know, the bills or the kids or the job or whatever it is. And then we get a little bit out of alignment and we get out of balance. And then we say, where are my guides? Where are my angels? Why am I not getting the guidance? It's like, oh, wait, let's bring yeah. ourselves back to balance. Let's come back to that heart center and feel that connection with the source energy, which is our true state of being. <coughs> mm. And so, um, it's just, there, there is just so much, so much expansion. There's so much that we can do. And one of the things I'd just like to share with everybody here, um, please remember that you are here for a reason. And maybe you're not meant to be an NDE -er who writes two amazing books like Jake. <laughs> um, or, you know, I'm just, I'm using you as an example. Right. Maybe, maybe. Uh, you're you're here for a different reason, but you're going to reach people. Those of you that are here or listening to this broadcast, you are going to reach people that in a way that other people are not going to have the opportunity or you're going to be heard in a way that you're going to be able to reach people. Mm -hmm. Never, ever doubt your ability to connect, your ability to share your wisdom, and just especially when you come from the place of heart center. We are meant to be of service to one another, not just the Virgos, by the way. We are meant to be of service to one another. <laughs> yeah. And when we're when we have the confidence and when we have the uh, when we say, you know what, by golly, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the best possible job I can today and just put one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. and just have one day be better than the next. And we, it is amazing how much can come from the source energy and how much expansion can happen. Mm -hmm. It will truly can amaze you and shock you. So um, I just, you know, Jake, thank you so much for being on thank here you. tonight. It is truly, I could seriously, we could sit here and chat for another two more hours. I had so many other things on my list here that I want to talk about. But it's just amazing how some people have to wait until they're around the time that they're going to die to allow themselves permissions to live. And I think so many people, and I went through this myself, think that 
all right, to be a spiritual teacher, I have to have a beer town to the ground like Lao Tzu and, you know, wake <laughs> up from like a 80 year old dream, like Rip Van Winkle and just come out and, no. and talk. But, you know, we have this brilliant wisdom within. And I know Jesus himself would say, you know, the kingdom of, of me is within you, too. And so I think sometimes we have a very small sense of who we really are. And if we're able to expand that belief system, we could live such different lives and we could be really, you know, infinite. But if we walk around thinking that we're limited, we're this, we're that, we're not that, we're not this, then we're just going to just uh, limit what's inside of us. We're not going to be able to fully cultivate that. So once we say we're unlimited, that means we're unlimited. You know, you know, I was not supposed to be a guy writing two books on paper. I was in the lowest possible remedial courses of writing classes at community college. You know, I wrote essays for colleges that my sister was the star student has, and my, the principal took one look and says, what is this junk, and didn't accept me. And so I, I could have said, hey, you know, other people say I'm not this, then that's what I am. They're, that's what they're seeing. But when other people miss things, it doesn't have anything really to do with you. It's more about their limitations and what they're not what they're not able to see. So just because someone doesn't see something does not mean that God doesn't see it. You know, otherwise you wouldn't be here if there wasn't something brilliant in you. And there is. But I think to doubt yourself is to doubt the God in you and to doubt all, and to doubt all those people who love and adore you as well, too. So there's no such thing as self-doubt. When you doubt the self, you're doubting God, you're doubting all those people around you, too, and your loved ones in spirit. Well, and I'm not, and and you do talk about the importance of self love in your book, and in mm-hmm. truly, when we are putting those doubts up, we're putting up the barriers, we're putting up the filters, we're making it a little bit more difficult for ourselves, mm-hmm. and so um, acknowledging the love that's within ourselves, and that we are here for a reason, and we are here, uh, it just let's not limit ourselves because what this world needs more of is us yeah. sharing uh, our gifts that we bring to this, to this human experience. Jake, it has been an honor Thank to you. have you on here you tonight. Thank, Thank you. you so much for such an enlightening, uplifting, fun conversation. Please remember to check out the book. Jake has two books. Again, we, the first one, Life After Breath, where he really goes into his NDE and some of his lessons that he learned from that. And then the follow-up book, which is his latest book, The Wisdom of Jacob's Ladder. You can Thank find you, both Lisa. of these books. My pleasure. You can find both of these books on Amazon. And uh, again, check out Jake's website, Jacob L cooper.com he's on all social media platforms and his website is also linked in the description field of this broadcast thank you to everybody who's shown up today and left comments i really appreciate you and jake again thank you so much so much love and so much blessings thank you everybody thank you bye-bye